who is your favorite sidekick? My favorite sidekick is Sam from Lord of the Rings. I think it's like the best line in the whole trilogy. Lord of the Rings fans are going to be so disappointed with me. My husband's going to be ashamed of me. But I think it's the best line. Mr. Frodo, I can't carry the ring, but I can carry you. Um, sidekicks are, are underrated. They, um, often we just look at the heroes and um, we forget about the sidekicks. But actually, um, just like uh, in movies, it's the same in the Bible. Often we look at the big guys, the heroes, and we forget about the sidekicks or the lesser known characters. So it's really exciting that we're going to start this series looking at um, the lesser-known characters of the Bible, and um, I'm just so glad I'm going to be talking about Mary Magdalene, and over the preparation of this message, I've just been blown away by this woman. So, shall we do it? Let's pray as we get into it. Father God, I want to thank you for this time. I want to thank you for everyone watching. Lord, church is not a building. Church is where your people gather to love you, be a part of your body. So, Lord, I thank you for church today. I ask that you speak to us today, Lord God, through your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, who is Mary Magdalene? Um, I'm going to tell you there are a lot of Marys <laughs> in the Bible. Later on, as we look at the passages, you're going to see that there are a lot of Marys in the Bible. So, firstly, I just want to say that Mary Magdalene was not the prostitute who anointed Jesus. So there is a passage of Scripture, there are several, talking about a sinful woman who anointed the feet of Jesus with perfume from an alabaster jar, and a lot of people... Um, thought that it was Mary Magdalene. I did too, until I started preparing for this message. So in the book of Luke, there were two mentions. So one uh, mention of Mary Magdalene and one mention of the anointing of Jesus, and Luke never said it was the same person. And Matthew and Mark told us that the anointing with oil happened in Bethany. And John confirmed this by telling us that it was another Mary, Mary of Bethany, Lazarus's sister, who anointed Jesus. But Mary is the woman that Jesus um, delivered. Jesus drove seven demons out of Mary's life. You may have had, may not have had literal demons uh, driven out of your life, um, but we've experienced um, Jesus delivering us from debilitating stuff, from stuff that hold us back. And can you imagine seven demons being a woman in a place where women were already not, not esteemed and having these demons? Can you imagine what kind of identity Mary had? Imagine her gratitude and love for Jesus. After her healing, she traveled with Jesus and his disciples along with some other women and supported his ministry. Whenever one of these women's women are named, she appears in the short list, often being mentioned first. So this probably indicates leadership in the group, maybe. She would have witnessed his miracles, heard his stories, learned from his teaching. Now check this out. Mary had resources. She had 
material resources. She used them for Jesus. She took care of Jesus and the disciples and financed their travels. She's the only one of the women mentioned in this list in every gospel saying that she was present at the crucifixion of Jesus. And though many followers ran away before the crucifixion because it was scary, they thought they would be arrested too. And, but several faithful women, including Mary Magdalene, were there. She was also present when Joseph of Arimathea laid Jesus in the tomb. She then went home to prepare spices and perfumes to anoint his body. And on Sunday morning, she was the first at the tomb. She found it empty, went to tell the disciples. After two of the disciples came, saw, they ran back home. <laughs> While Mary stayed there weeping, apparently because she had been robbed of the, op uh, the opportunity to honor him by taking care of his body. Jesus then appeared to her and sent her to proclaim the news that she had seen the risen Lord and he would ascend to his father. And of course, when she told the disciples, they didn't believe, they didn't believe her. And later, Jesus rebuked them for it, yes. And then she disappears from the record. Like she disappeared. There's no mention of her in Acts or in any of the letters. So we don't know what happened to Mary afterwards, but what we know is already a tremendous blessing to us. So what is one word that stood out to you about Mary? So if you have someone sitting next to you, tell them that one word, and then comment, um, you know, click comment, <laughs> and say what that one word is. My word for Mary is faithfulness. Mary Magdalene the Faithful. She was faithful in the hype. <laughs> um, I don't like hype. I really, 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 really don't like hype. I am like anti-hype. I am so not hypey. Um, in Asia, Korean dramas are the biggest thing. Like, it has been for like 10, 15, 10, maybe 10, 13 years, but I was like, nah. I am my own person. I don't need to follow this hype. <sighs> you know, I, oh, so sappy, oh my word, no way, you know. I, I was, um, yeah, I don't like hype. And then the lockdown happened. And then we're stuck at home with nothing to do. What do you do? You watch Netflix. So um, after a lot of press, I saw this. So I, I okay, I'm going to give it a go. So I watched my first ever Korean drama, Crash Landing on You. And the world of Korean drama crash landed into my world. <laughs> then I watched the second one, Mr. Sunshine. He lit up my life and changed me forever. I am now a reviewer <laughs> of Korean drama <laughs> on Facebook, and I get a lot of comments, and yeah. So, mm. another hype that came in that I really didn't like was, you know, we used to wear jeans that respected our legs. Let our legs breathe. Let our legs move. Let us bend down. But no, no, no. They have to come up with the hype of skinny jeans that totally disrespect and suffocate legs. 
So when skinny jeans first came on, I was like, I am not doing that. Firstly, they don't look good. Second, oh my word. And okay, then, you know, hype as hype is, everyone was wearing skinny jeans. And then I saw one of our, my best friends, Ruth Morrison, wearing skinny jeans. And I was looking at her going, how do you move in those things? And um, after a while, there was nothing else to buy but skinny jeans. So I had no choice but to buy skinny jeans. Um, can't really see, but I am wearing skinny jeans now. And now we have this. Let's take a look at this picture. Another hype where there are holes in jeans. I think this is actually a response to skinny jeans. Our legs are crying out for air and freedom. I'm not wearing ripped jeans. I actually did that when I was a teenager, but we used to rip our own jeans, but I'm not buying pre-ripped jeans. That's just messed up, right? And, but given my track records with hype, this might be me by summer. Let's take a look at this picture. I said summer because this is not winter-friendly fashion, okay? I have seen people doing it. Come on, guys. Your knees need air, but we don't need to freeze them. So hype. Did you know that Jesus was all the hype in the gospel? He was famous. Everywhere he went, people flocked to see him. They were curious. He was a polarizing figure. People either hated him or loved him. And Jesus was working. You know, it's so easy to go like me because we are our own person. I don't want to know about this Jesus, right? But Mary was faithful in the hype. It says in scripture, soon afterwards, Jesus began a tour of the nearby towns and villages, preaching and announcing the good news about the kingdom of God. He took his 12 disciples with him, along with some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Among them were our Mary Magdalene, from whom he had cast out seven demons, Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's business manager, Susanna, and many others who were contributing from their own resources to support Jesus and his disciples. Jesus was working. Mary was faithful in the hype. She gave up her time, her energy, taking care of a bunch, a huge bunch of sweaty men. Imagine that. And of her money. She went with Jesus. She took care of him and the crew. And because of what she did, two things happened. One, Jesus' ministry could continue. Second, she had the front row seat. She was watching the miracles, hearing the story. She was gasping. Her heart was pounding. If she could have, she would have Instagrammed and tweeted and Snapchatted. She would, she would have been so excited. Jesus was totally rocking the world, and she had the front row seat. And Jesus is actually still working today. What's God doing in our local church? In Hope Young Adults, in our connect groups, in Hope Youth, very happening there in Hope Youth, Hope Discovery Kids, Hope Rising, Church Online, Alpha, Levi House, around Launceston, around the world. What is God doing? Go find out and get involved. 
So you know how I'm anti-hype, right? And I still am, actually. I am totally my own person, so don't suck me into your hypes. I, um, so uh, my church, um, back home, this was years ago, um, started getting to know about this thing called Alpha. And they were, everyone was like, ooh, alpha, 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 alpha. Of course, I was like, I'm not alphaing. No way. And, um, but then my pastor said, Winnie, you're really free. Why don't you go to the alpha conference? I was very free. So I went to the alpha conference. Um, it was a two-day conference. After the first day, I came home and I told my husband, Tim, you know what? I'm not going back tomorrow. He said, why? I said, because you, mark this, alpha is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Don't crucify me, just listen. And then um, he said, why? I was like, in Alpha, you have to bring your friends to church for 10 weeks. 10. I can't even bring them for one. It's impossible. It's just a fad. They're going to do it. It's going to fail. Just watch. It's going to fail. I'm not going to do it. So I didn't get involved. My church started running Alpha and not just seeing individuals, but families getting baptized. Then I was like, ooh. Why would they come? <laughs> and I was a little bit like humbled. And then it wasn't until I got a hold of the youth alpha materials. And back then we didn't have the awesome Ben and Jason videos from Canada. We had to give the live talk. It was me. That was it, you know? I, I had the resources and I looked through it and went, oh my word, this is awesome stuff. So we started running alpha, totally humbled already. I got involved and I was running alpha for youth. And we were seeing so many students coming to know Jesus. I remember one, one of the students, his name is Clement. He came, and 10 weeks later, he was this completely different person who walked out. And his friend, Ben, then came to the next Alpha and said, Clement found God. I want to find God too. I said, good, keep coming. So he did. And at the end of Alpha, he walked away. He said, I found God. And then he went off to university. And because I've been involved, I've journeyed over the years, have journeyed with literally hundreds of people into a relationship with Jesus. And later on, we spent a stint working for Alpha. So Alpha is not stupid. <laughs> we worked for Alpha where we trained thousands more to run Alpha. And we got to hear the stories that they bring back. And it's just amazing, all because I got involved. So if we are faithful to give into, our, give into it our time, energy, and money, the work can continue, and we get to be on the front row seat, seat and see God at work. A friend of mine once said, I've never seen lots of people come to know Jesus. I was like, me, 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 I have, <laughs> when we run Alpha. So um, let's have major FOMO when it comes to the things of God. Fear of missing out. I'm not going to miss out on the things of God. So let me ask you again, what's God doing in our local church, in Hope Young Adults, Connect Group, Hope Youth, Hope Discovery Kids, Hope Rising, Church Online, Alpha, Levi House, around Launceston and the world? Let's press in like Mary, being faithful to Jesus in the hype. Don't be so proud. <laughs> Don't be like me. See what he is doing. Get excited and join in. If you don't know what they are, talk to a leader. That's where the comment section is for. Um, we have people there ready to help you. Secondly, Mary was faithful in the dark times. It had been great. You know, it had been great. She was with Jesus. Jesus changed her life. She was seeing Jesus do all these things. She just adored Jesus, loved him as a friend, as her savior. 
And they believed, <laughs> I think Mary believed that Jesus was going to overthrow the Roman rule over them who were oppressing them because that's what the Messiah would do, right? Mary believed Jesus was the Messiah. But then they arrested him. And then they crucified him. And then they killed him. Standing near the cross where Jesus' mother and his mother's Mary a sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. Imagine, she was there watching her saviour, her friend, her hope, being crucified. Imagine her confusion, disillusionment. What's happening? What's happening? But take that all aside. Now imagine her heartbreak. Watching your best friend, tortured, Killed. While many fled, she stayed. The officer confirmed that Jesus was dead, so Pilate told Joseph that he could have the body. Jesus brought a long sheet of linen clothing, then he a cloth, then he took Jesus' body down from the cross, wrapped it in a cloth, and laid it in a tomb that had been carved out of the rock. Then he rolled a stone in front of the entrance. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where Jesus' body was laid. In her darkness, in her confusion, she literally followed Jesus to the tomb. Saturday evening, when the Sabbath ended, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James, and Salome went out and purchased burial spices so that they could anoint Jesus' body. She continued loving Jesus. She stayed. She didn't abandon Jesus. Like Mary, maybe like you, I too have experienced confusion, disillusionment, darkness, feeling like Jesus had died, feeling like he was silent. When I was in college, I went through a very, very dark time it's about, of about a year and a half, and um, I was intense. I was, it was just intense loneliness, and it was awful. It really was awful. I didn't know it then, but I had depression then. Now that when I look back, I knew that I had depression then. I got a choice to make. Do I flee like the disciples because God seemed silent in my pain, or do I stay like Mary? I'd like to say I stayed, but I left. I continued going to church, but my heart drifted away. And I started to do some really, really stupid things. And I actually did them to spite God. And when I went to bed at night, I would hear him say to me, why are you doing this? Come back to me. I love you. Come back. And I'd say, talk to the hand. Not interested. And I was in so much pain. Three months later, I couldn't resist God anymore. During a youth group uh, meeting, I was on my knees, drenched in tears in repentance. Instead of scolding me, the father took me in his arms and held me and restored me to himself. Years later, I went through another dark patch of life, and I was, at that time, uh, properly diagnosed with depression, and this time, I stayed. And Jesus' presence was with me through the darkness. 
I want to be like Mary, to keep staying and loving and serving Jesus even in the dark times. Let's do that. Let's encourage each other to do that. Let's check on each other so that we don't stray or leave. We can still be coming to church, you know. I was. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to help us stay faithful to Jesus in the dark times. Thirdly, Mary was faithful with the mission. Early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb, found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. Mary was standing outside the tomb crying, and as she wept, she stooped and looked in. She saw two, not one, but two. That's how much Jesus loves her. Two white-robed angels, one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been laying. Dear woman, why are you crying? The angels asked her. Because they've taken away my Lord, she said. And I don't know where they've put him. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus. But she didn't recognize him. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her, who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you have taken him away, tell me where have you put him and I will go get him. Mary, Jesus said. She turned to him and cried out, Rabboni, which is Hebrew for teacher. She must have clung on to Jesus for a long time because Jesus said, don't cling to me <laughs> for I haven't yet ascended to heaven, but go find my brothers and tell them I'm ascending to my father and to your father, um, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I've seen the Lord. Then she gave them his message. He's alive! It's true! Everything was true. It was true and it is true and he is alive. Imagine her, her joy. And then now Jesus had to go and tell her to go and tell others. Now, Mary could have many reasons not to tell others. One, she's a woman. Women were not reliable witnesses at the time. Second, she had a past. I'm a woman with a past too. You know, people brand us when we have a past. It's like, oh, she's at it again, cuckoo. And it, she would have had many reasons not to obey Jesus, but she did. She was faithful to the mission Jesus gave her, and then they didn't believe her, right? But Jesus scolded her, scolded them for it. I wonder why Jesus chose Mary to be the first to see him alive. I wonder if it is not because Jesus saw how faithful she had been. And Jesus just honored her and wanted to comfort her. And, and she went down in history in all four Gospels to be the one who was there. Yes, some didn't believe her, but many did and still do. And her story is still testifying of Jesus' resurrection today. In the same way, Jesus has entrusted you and me with the message that he loves us, that we were made glorious but ruined by sin, and that he died to take away our sins, and now we can be forgiven, healed, and restored into an eternal relationship with God. What an amazing message. Now Jesus says, go tell others. I was having lunch with our Paris um, yesterday, and she told me her story. And she was telling about how when in a 
time when she wasn't following Jesus, she knew of God, but she didn't really properly know and she wasn't following Jesus, she took an Uber. And the Uber driver had a conversation with her and they were nicely chatting. And then suddenly he said, do you believe in God? And Paris was like, oh, this is gonna be a difficult conversation. But they went on talking about God. And then the driver said, tomorrow is Easter. Why don't you come to my church? I'll drive you for free. She said, oh, okay, 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 I'll come. Just, just don't drive me, I'll, I'll be fine, I'll be there. So she took the bus. It was very far away. She took the bus, she went to the church. She expected to be different, to, you know, maybe be judged a little bit. I think people who don't come to church maybe feel that if we come to church, we'll get judged. And she felt that. But as soon as she walked in, she said she was embraced. She was loved. It was just incredible. And then the Uber driver was on keys and the daughter was singing. And, um, and then later, a woman came up to her and prayed for her and spoke some life-changing words over her. And then soon after, she moved to Tasmania. And this church, the contact in this church made her promise to find a church. When she was in Tasmania, they were saying, have you found a church yet? So she looked on the internet and found Door of Hope. Woo! And um, the rest is history. I want us to imagine if all of us did that like the Uber driver. Everywhere we are, at school, at work, at home, in our gardens, preach to the trees, just everywhere, busting at the seams to tell about Jesus and people flocking to Jesus, people like Paris who need Jesus. And then we get to hear the testimonies, we get the front row seats. I just imagine that and I get excited. Let's do that, shall we do that? I really wanna do that. May we be faithful, like Mary, to bring the message, even though we know it is likely that some won't believe us, but many will. So let us be faithful. Father, I wanna thank you for Mary Magdalene. I wanna thank you for her life and her story. I wanna thank you that it was captured in scripture so we can look into the life of this amazing woman. God, I pray that you help us Holy Spirit, come and fill us. Help us to be faithful to you in the hype, to get involved so that the ministry can continue, so that we can see you at work, Lord. Help us to be faithful in the dark times. You may be going through a dark time now. You may be sitting here watching, but your heart has drifted far, far away. Or maybe your heart is very angry at God, like I was. Why don't you come back to the Father? He has never left. He is still good. He still loves you. Let's be faithful to God in the dark times. And let us be faithful in the mission that Jesus has given to us. Help us, Lord. We can't do this on our own. And when we do share with people, Lord, let us see amazing things, Lord God. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.